It's the Double Doink Podcast with Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. The Double Doink Podcast is an unwrapped sports production. Hello, football faithful, and welcome to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. You can follow me on Twitter at Eagles Talk underscore. And today I have my co-host with me as always, Mr. Eric Warner. His Twitter is at Bears Talk underscore on Twitter. Eric, how you doing in self-isolation today? Good, good. You know, it's uh, same story, different day, just self-isolating, doing what we can. Uh, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, just it's kind of uh, slowly getting into it, and I've realized that it's not going to end anytime soon. So it's uh. We've got it. We've got a lot more of this, and we all got to get used to it. Um, but today, I have a special guest with us today, Benjamin Albright of KOA Colorado, the Broncos flagship. Ben, how you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourselves? Yeah, we're good. We're good. I really appreciate you jumping on. I know you're a very busy guy. Um, you're one of the uh, go-to followers on Twitter. I had your I had your tweet notifications on during NFL free agency because I know you, you do break some stuff, and you're you're always good out there in the Twitterverse. So I really appreciate you jumping on for us. No, no problem. Anytime, guys. All right, so um, let's jump right into it. I, I do want to kind of talk about the NFL draft that is coming up. Um, the NFL looks like it's going as planned for the draft on April 23rd. doesn't look like um, there's going to be uh, any delay on it at all. Um, what's your opinion on this, and do you think it's going to be affecting kind of uh, how teams draft their players and grade their players going into the draft? Um, I think there's, there's some change. I, I think that the main thing is – uh, for players that you had medical questions on or players that you had uh, personality or psychological or work ethic questions on, not being able to get them in and have your doctors or your people evaluate them one-on-one is, uh, is, is going to be a setback. You're probably going to see players like that that would normally teams would take a chance on maybe a little higher um, slip a little. Uh, in this draft. And so, you know, I think there are players like that to get affected. Small school guys that didn't really get a chance to shine at the uh, uh, running side by side with guys at, you know, at Power Five Pro Days. Uh, those kind of guys tend to get get dropped a little bit. Overall, I don't think it's going to have a massive effect, but I think you are going to see some situational effect. Yeah. Um, I, I envision the teams who are well prepared and invested their money into scouting are going to have an even bigger uh, advantage this year but again it gives us something to look forward to uh, at the end of april so we'll see what happens uh the other league-wide news that uh, just came down this week um the nfl is expanding their playoffs to 14 teams total um that means only one buy per conference um but it does mean we get a triple header uh to open up the playoffs uh which should be exciting uh what's your opinion on the overall new format uh, well, I'm torn between two conflicting schools of thought. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, and I, I don't think anybody was really clamoring to see the Duck Hodges-led Steelers or that Rams team from last year making the playoffs, which is what would have happened if we'd had this last year. Um, that said, more football is always more football, <laughs> you know. And uh, I, I, struggle to, I, I struggle to balance my we shouldn't let everybody in the playoffs like the NBA does with, hey, it's more football. So, uh, yeah, of course, I'm going to tune in and watch. The owners know that. They're counting on that. They're going to make more money off it. Um, but end of the day, I really liked the 16 team, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the 16 game schedule, the, uh, the eight, you know, eight teams, 32 teams, every, everything kind of, uh, had a symmetry to it. And now with the seven and, and, and soon to be 17 and everything else, I just feel like that's kind of messed up a little bit. 
Yeah, it, it's it's interesting that you brought up the Duck Hodges on Steelers. I didn't even kind of think of that. They would have made the playoffs with this new format. Um, and the 17 game schedule, it's going to be uh, stats are going to be inflated quite a bit. Um, I know I was listening to uh, I was listening to uh, someone on the radio. They were saying like it's going to inflate record books and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't take that. I don't think that's too bi- uh, too big of a problem. However, like you said, more football is more football. So I- I'm kind of a fan of it. If you take a look at it too, they are uh, NBA and uh, um, NHL still bringing more teams to the playoffs than the NFL does. I know it's less than the MLB, um, more than the MLB, sorry, and less than NBA and NHL. So I- I'm a fan of it. Um, and it's gonna make it's gonna make that number one seed more important, right? Because now no two teams get a buy. So the the number one seed is gonna be that much more important. I think it's gonna bring on some good games down the stretch. Um, so uh, let's jump into free agency. Um, the the waves of free agency have kind of over. We're on that kind of third wave with the the third tier free agents, but a lot of them can't really get signed due to the fact that they can't get physicals um, and they, they can't, teams can't get their doctors um, uh, to evaluate them because, look, you don't want to sign a guy that you need to have a physical on. Look, it's probably hurting Cam Newton's value right now as well. So with free agency kind of being done, what's who's your kind of big winner and who's your big loser for agency so far? Uh, it's always tough to it's always tough to say, you know, the guys who win free agency, how often do those teams go on to win the Super Bowl? Um, you guys remember, of course, the Eagles dream team from from a few years back and how everybody was, ra- was raving about that or, or the Browns when they had that, that big offseason last year and uh, and how that went. Um, you know, I, I I think I don't know about a winner. But a clear loser has got to be the Houston Texans. Um, you know, B- Bill O'Brien somehow had Jadavian Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins and came away with no first rounders in return. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand how that happens. Like it, for me, it's just difficult to even fathom how bad you have to be at trading to come away with a, a backup running back for DeAndre Hopkins. So. Um, you know, I think the Texans are, are clear losers in terms of personnel and, and, and what they have. Um, as far as a winner goes, um, man, uh, the Ravens look to have continued to add to what it is that they're trying to do. I think you've got to include them in the in the positives column. Um, I, I didn't like what the Jags did. They're kind of shedding that whole Tom Coughlin thing and trying to go their own way. But it doesn't really look like they're making any headway with that. Um you know, the Eagles, uh, any team that's got a lot of cash uh, tends to do well in free agency because you can give those bigger bonuses. And uh, I thought the Eagles did pretty well. Um, I thought, the, I, you know, honestly, Miami did pretty well. I, I like what they're You can see the vision and what they're trying to do. And, and I really like what they're what they're putting together there. I know they had a ton of money. It made it a lot easier for them. But, um, you know, I, I liked the way they went about it. Yeah, I think it's pretty universal that the uh, Texans were a loser. Um I don't like anything they did, to be honest. Um, but uh, that Randall Cobb contract is just ridiculous. Yeah, there's another uh, one. Um, but so we know you're based out in uh, Denver. Uh, what would you give their dra- uh, their off season grade so far? I, I thought they did pretty well. Um, I, I don't think that it was it was poor. Um, I, I felt like they went out and addressed kind of the needs that they wanted to address. Uh, prior to the draft, uh, Graham Glasgow is a very good interior offensive lineman, solid guy, doesn't get penalized, uh, doesn't miss starts. Um, you know, I thought that trading for A.J. Bouye, once they realized they weren't going to be able to pull the Byron Jones thing, uh, I, I thought that was pretty good. If he can return to form from a year and a half ago, you know, that'd be a great addition. Uh, I thought the Jarrell Casey move was probably their best move. Uh, seventh rounder for, for Jarrell Casey, I think, is a steal. 
Uh, and he's still got a couple of good years left. Uh, getting Shelby Harris back at 25 cents on the dollar after the after the market cratered uh, on him, um, I you know, was just kind of a luck thing. I can't really credit them a whole lot for that. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought that um, Nick Vanette was kind of a superfluous signing. I don't understand. They, they signed him to, to a contract that basically is the same contract they already had Jeff Hireman on. And I, I don't understand the difference there. You're trading, you know, uh, white rice for brown rice. Um, and then, you know, I, Jeff Driscoll as the backup quarterback, that doesn't really excite me. Uh, you know, overall, I'd say B minus C plus, you know, above average, but not great. Uh, I think they shored up what they need to shore up. And I think they're headed into the draft with some pretty obvious, uh, pretty obvious picks in front of them at center and, and uh, a burner wide receiver. Yeah, I thought the uh, Shelby Harris uh, one year, two and a half million dollar contract went right under the radar, uh, considering Don Terry Poe got ten and a half million over two years. Um I'd rather have Harris. I like that move a lot. And like you said, nobody's really talking about Drell Casey for a seventh round pick. Um that's a bargain if you ask me. Um as for contracts around the league, was there one signing that stuck out to you like wow I didn't think that guy was gonna be paid um that highly and wow that guy got underpaid. What a steal. Well, I think the Shelby underpaid thing, and that market kind of cratered on him after Reader signed and Cincy and the and the Colts traded for Buckner because those were the two teams that were most interested in Shelby. And you know he was looking at a twelve million dollar deal, you know twelve million dollars uh, kind of thing per year. So he was, you know, he was expecting big money and came away with a one year three point five all total. So I, I would say that, that contract to me appears to be the steal. Uh, the Eagles getting Will Parks on the one year prove it that they did was another steal. He turned down big money from the Texans because he didn't want to play for Bill O'Brien after talking to some uh, some people who had previously played for O'Brien. Um, so, you know, I think I think those two deals kind of stand out to me a little bit. Uh, I thought that Randall Cobb deal was bizarre. Um, well, what else? I'm trying to trying to run down some of the some of the list. Right, I didn't think there were any that jumped out at me. It's just huge, like my God, you know, kind of deals. I, I wondered about the Jimmy Graham deal. Uh, that that was kind of weird to me. And uh, the, I don't know what offensive package the Bears are trying to run next year with all those tight ends. But but holy hell. Um, you know, other than that, I, not, nothing stood out to me. It's like that was just a horrible deal. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> my So my uh, co-host, Eric, he's a big Bears fan, and he was absolutely ripping the Jimmy Graham contract when it happened. It, it's one of those ones where, like, the tight end market was – um, wasn't like that. They didn't have to overpay. Um, and he's 34 years old. So uh, we both we both don't like that contract. Um, I want to jump back on the Broncos. I just want to say I, I'm high on them next year. I think they're I think they're a dark horse to uh, to get out of that division. Um, I think they want. Uh, I could be wrong. Four of their last five, Ben, going into last year. Yeah, they uh, they yeah. won four of their last five with Drew Locke down the stretch. Yeah, so they they were they played really well um, down the stretch, and they didn't have Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb um, was her most majority of the year, right? So you get him back. Um, I, I think I think they're a dark horse in that division. I think the division is going to be a lot more competitive um, than it was last season. Um, so let's uh, one more free agency question before we jump into the draft. Um, I'm a big Eagles guy. He's a big Bears guy. So you already kind of jumped on the Eagles offseason a little bit. I do want to ask about Will Parks though. Um, he was uh, kind of brought in on a prove it deal. Um, I know he was a Bronco. So how do you? Uh, um, what, what's he going to bring to Philly? Well, first of all, you're going to love Will Parks, the person, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, if you don't hold his terrible call of duty playing skills against him, um, <laughs> he and I were on, you know, we're on the other night and he's an absolute liability in, uh, in hardcore search and destroy, but that's <laughs> no, he's, uh, he's, 
Will's uh, Will's a good dude, man. He's just one of those guys that keeps it real. Um, you know, he, he's always gonna wear his heart on his sleeve. Emotional guy wants to be out there battling with his boys. Um, he understands or conceptualizes the debt that that he owes to football because football saved him from from a life that that probably would have had him wound up in in prison or worse. Uh, and he recognizes that. He'd be the first one to tell you about it. And so, you, you get a player who's an emotional leader, a guy who you know is a real spark plug. And, and oh, by the way, he's got football skill too um you know he's versatile you can move him around he, he can play a box safety you, you can put him back one high if you need to um you know he, he played in the slot at corner uh he, he was the dime linebacker uh you know he moved all over the all over the field kind of a poor man's isaiah simmons if you will um in in terms of what he he brings in terms of versatility and you know i think that um philly fans are really going to love him obviously it's a return home for him and that was part of the appeal uh, you know, in that, but he had, um, you know, I was fortunate enough, the, he and, and Justin Simmons kind of had a, a bromance thing here. Um, you know, they were best, best friends uh, on this Broncos team. And, uh, the last game of the season, they beat the Raiders. Everybody's emotional and they hadn't opened the locker rooms yet. They opened them up. I'm the first guy through the door and there's, you know, him and Will swapping jerseys and, and, and basically just kind of, you know, taking a moment to kneel with each other and kind of ball a little bit because they knew it was probably the last game they were playing with each other. And, and Will forms those kind of connections with people. He's just that guy. And so I think Eagles fans are really going to love him. Nice. Uh, looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, Call, Call of Duty, uh, the war zone's kind of been trying to get me through this isolation a little bit. <laughs> I'm I'm just starting it. I'm terrible. So I I feel uh, I feel for Will if you're chirping him behind his back because I'm that guy in the group that's just a huge liability. <laughs> <laughs> but um, back to football, uh, I hated the Jimmy Graham contract, and I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the other things the Bears did so far. Uh, can you kind of talk me off the ledge here? Should I be this worried? Well, I guess that depends. Um, you know, if you think that uh, uh, if you're a if you're a big fan of whoever their next coach is going to be and next GM is going to be, you're you're smiling right now. Uh, if you're not uh, and you're looking for immediate success, I would suggest that uh, uh, that you should have a little bit of uh, trepidation about this. I, I Nick Foles doesn't bring anything to the table. You're not. You're not getting anything out of him. Um, you know, it's an improvement over Trubisky, but that's not saying much. I mean, that bar was so low that you just had to take a slight hop to, to get over it. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, it, it stinks because the Bears were kind of in that window for a second there if, if Trubisky makes the leap, you know, as a passer. But I, I don't know that, Matt, that Nagy was the right guy. The, the offense um, has looked okay at times, but in reality, it's just not the same without Andy Reid and, um, you know, I, I like Matt Nagy as a person, but I'm not sure that this uh, this first head coaching stint, I think he learned a lot from this. And I think the other part of this was the general manager there has struggled with with talent identification. It's been real hit or miss. And so I, I think that that hinders you a little bit. You know, you can only make the best meal you can with the groceries you're given. And, uh, I, you know, there's it's just, it's just a lot of problems going on there. And I, I don't think that that in the end, either one of those guys are going to going to come out of that one. So you don't like the Nick Foles trade? I, I don't. Nick Foles has never done anything outside of Philadelphia. Uh, something about that city, something about that offense. And, and I understand that Nagy's in, you know, an offshoot of that offense, sort of. But, um, I, you know, he's to me, he's always been kind of just a guy who found a couple of two instances in his life where he got hot. Um, and and that was it. The, the, really, the uh, you know, you go back and look at the Chip Kelly thing. Once everybody got tape on Kelly, that offense got shut down, whether it was him, whether it was Vic, whoever. And then, you know, that, that kind of miracle run there in the playoffs. 
uh, you know, in Philly. It, it was nice. It was a feel-good story. But his first couple of games were atrocious. Uh, and then he finally kind of settled into a rhythm. And, and it was just never the same again after that. I, it felt like Joe Flacco when he got hot in the playoffs with, with Baltimore, you know. Just a great story. He got hot at the right time. But something he unable he would be unable to replicate the rest of his career. And we've never seen him re-replicate that. Yeah, Um it's it's funny too because he actually, if you take a look back at his 2018 playoff run, he didn't play well for for the Eagles. Right. Um, in the in the Bears game, he wasn't. He had the last. Uh, he had the game winning drive to Golden Tate, um, and that was kind of it. Like they and in the Saints game too, in the divisional round, he he was bad. And you know what? The Eagles went up to that 14 nothing start, and then after that, Foles couldn't do anything. He threw that huge interception that kind of sparked the, the Saints run. So yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I was kind of I was high on it at first because like I got a soft spot for Foles, but um. I think I think they kind of just uh, went with status quo, and I don't think they're going to get a, a boost in quarterback play. Anyways, before we go, I do want to ask you a few draft questions. Um, what's the buzz around Tua Tagovailoa right now around the NFL? Like, where do you think he lands? Because he's the most interesting piece, of, uh, in my opinion, in the draft. Wherever he lands is going to dictate the rest of the draft. So, what are what are kind of uh, what are teams saying about him? Where he's going to land? And um, do you think do you think he's going to redshirt the first year? Well, a lot of people think he's probably uh, uh, Chargers or, or Dolphins bound. Um, there are, I will say this, there are a lot of teams that are lower on him than you would think. Um, I, I think most teams have the quarterbacks ranked Burrow and Herbert one and two. And then after that, there's kind of a, a, a drop off. Um, and and not all of that is medical. You know, some of it's medical, some of it's not. I, I you know, Tua was a guy who struggled when he got pressured and he didn't get pressured very often. He had an incredible supporting cast around him. And, and there's some concerns that he was kind of carried by that a little bit at times. And then, oh, by the way, the injuries too. I, I was talking to a, to an XFL GM the other day and he was, you know, he was kind of reiterating that, uh, you know, the media loves those eye popping numbers and all that kind of stuff. But once you start digging on his game a little bit, you rattle him with pressure and, and he's going to be under pressure a lot more in the NFL because there's not the huge talent disparity like he had, at, you know, at Alabama. So, um, you know, he's a guy who could slip if, if the Dolphins and Chargers pass. I mean, he, he could really be in for a free fall. Um, I, you know, I, I, there's no telling where maybe maybe end of the first if, if that happens. Um, Jordan Love, I think you've got him penciled in there between 10 and 15. There's a couple of teams that, that look to, you know, might be interested in moving for him. But, um, you know, I, I think that the, the thing about Tua is most teams, uh, you know, they look at him and the injury history is concerning. Um, the, the supporting cast, the fact that he just had an absolutely dominant supporting cast at every position is, is concerning because it's it's hard to evaluate that guy in a vacuum. You know, did he elevate those guys or did they elevate him? So there are concerns there. The media, you know, tends to rate those guys a little higher than uh, uh, than teams do. Right. Um, history shows that one of these, the consensus top three quarterbacks in this draft, history shows one of them will probably be a bust. If you had to pick one, who would you uh, probably put that tag on? Uh, if we're saying the big three are Burrow, Herbert, and Tua, then I would definitely put that tag on Tua. Wow, really? Eh? You, so you're higher on Herbert than Tua? Yeah, very much, yes. Uh, wow. The, my concerns with Herbert aren't his aren't his abilities on the field. My, my concern with Herbert is he's a goofy kid, and um, you know it's it's going to be difficult for him to initially win over a locker room without being dominant on the field just because he's kind of a goofy dude and, and some veterans are going to be you know a little hesitant with that um you know if he goes out there and balls out on the field though I mean, to be honest with you herbert's more polished than josh allen was and josh has been all right in the nfl he certainly surprised me so 
Um, you know, I, I, I think I compare uh, Burrow to kind of Matt Ryan. He's a little more mobile than Matt, but overall the game's about the same. Um, and then, you know, Herbert's kind of Josh Allen 2.0. You know, he's a little bit more polished Josh Allen. Tua, you know, you're already a lefty. You've got an injury history. Uh, you had a, a, a ridiculous supporting cast in college. Guys like that, that they, they tend to, to have problems in the NFL. Hmm, that's interesting. I, I, what's your opinion on Jordan Love? Um, do you think do you think he's got a shot of being a starting quarterback? I think so. He's a guy you don't want starting day one. If you could kind of ease him into it, um, you know, I think that he could be. He's 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 the one guy who might be throwing into bigger windows in the NFL than he was in, in college. Uh, his supporting cast was atrocious. Uh, you know, so many wide receiver drops, guys couldn't get open, a line that couldn't block. Um, you know, he's a guy that has immense upside. It's just a question of whether the player he is, the player he could be, ever meet. Yeah, um, I was listening to uh, I was listening to the herd, Colin Cowherd. He's actually got him higher ranked than uh, ranked than Tua and Herbert. It's it's interesting. Um, so one more draft question for you. Um, the, I'm a huge Eagles guy, and this receiver class is absolutely loaded. Um, it doesn't look like the Eagles are going to be able to jump your Denver Broncos to kind of get in that Rugs Judy Lamb conversation. Um, so if if I'm if we're sitting at 21 here, who's um, who's the like the fourth or fifth best receiver you got in this draft after the kind of the top three? Um, you know, I think a lot of people like Jordan Jefferson. That's one name that comes out at you. I'm a big Denzel Mims guy. Uh, you know, I think he's a little more raw, but I think the upside's a little bit higher. Um, if you're the Eagles, you know, what I might consider is a little bit of a trade back. Uh, if you pick up some extra picks, there's, there's some receivers right there at the end of the first, beginning of the second that uh, that you could just kind of feast on, whether that's Brandon Ayuk or Jalen Rager or, you know, any of those kind of guys. Uh, if you're not able to get in the Lamb, Judy Ruggs conversation, I think, uh, you know, I think any one of those names, somebody I'd look at, maybe even Hamler, uh, KJ Hamler, you know, in the second round, something like that. So, uh, if you could trade back, pick up a couple of seconds and come away with the Rager and Hamler, well, then you got two burners there, um, you know, that, that kind of liven things up for that offense. Right on. So uh, we know you're a busy guy, Ben. We'll get, get you out of here on this last question. Um, Deeg and I are real excited for that 90s Bulls 30 for 30 to be released. If you could have an in-depth 30 for 30 on any NFL team of all time, what would you pick? Oh, man, I, I think the 90s Cowboys has to be it, right? <laughs> uh, the the, the on-field and off-field stories, uh, you know, from uh, from the air quotes White House and uh, and all the other stuff going on there um, around the Dallas Cowboys right when Jerry Jones took over. I think that you could probably get a 10-part miniseries out of that. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, that's what I actually didn't even think of. I thought you were going to go with the Elway Broncos. Uh, you know, I didn't even grow up a Broncos fan. I, I moved out to Denver uh, a few years back. I actually grew up a Kansas City Chiefs fan, so – Oh wow! Um, you know, for me it would be yeah. For me, it's a little uh, little interesting. You know, a little interesting being out here covering the team now with all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, if I was going for a team I was a fan of, uh, you know, I really loved the the Bill Walsh Joe Montana Niners. You know, going back and, and doing stuff on them would be pretty cool. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm excited for this Jordan documentary. I think it's something that sports fans can look forward to. Anyways, Ben, I really appreciate you jumping on. Tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and where they can hear your stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, we're on Broncos Country tonight. Uh, you can catch that stream or you can catch it on uh, KOA, which is a flagship of the Broncos. And uh, you guys can uh, unfollow me on Twitter at Albright NFL. It's a dumpster fire. You don't want to follow that mess. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Anyways, listeners, thanks for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Stay safe and stay healthy, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days. Absolutely. Take care. Take care.